Welcome into y'all, the show all about the South with your host, John Rawl. Hope you're doing well on a Wednesday. We're going to talk all things SEC football on this episode of y'all, but we also are going to give the Atlantic Coast Conference some love too. A little bit later this hour, we'll have David Hale of ESPN.com stop by as the ACC is holding its own media days this week in Charlotte, North Carolina. And David will file a report on all the activities in the Queen City of Charlotte and what to expect from the ACC in 2018. And later this hour, we hope to hear from Jeremy Pruitt as he hit the mic today in Atlanta for SEC media days. He is the new head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers we should have him on later this hour. So stay tuned for Jeremy Pruitt. Hour two today, we're going to have a lot of country music info coming from Precious Harris. Her Nashville music line will be on in hour two. I want to know what is going on on Music Row as these artists are all hitting the road in the summertime to go to festivals literally all over North America. We'll find out who's left in that. Is anybody in Nashville? If someone's there or if some, the last one leaving, turn off the lights. But now we'll get an update on all things country music from Precious in hour two. Should be fun for that. And we'll go back to the SEC Media Days in Atlanta for audio from Chad Morris, the new Arkansas Razorbacks head coach. We've got audio from him, plus Dan Mullen, the new coach at Florida, but he used to be the head coach at Mississippi State. And we'll also hear from Rebels head football coach Matt Luke. His Ole Miss also went to Atlanta this week for SEC football media day so a lot of football country music and a little little in between let's say here on the y'all show we are a smorgasbord of all things southern well let's take a look at the headlines from across dixie two small planes crashed in the everglades in south florida on tuesday and three people were killed in the mid-air collision the two planes were from the Dean International Flight School, which operates out of the Miami Executive Airport in southwest Miami-Dade. The FAA says the crash happened nine miles west of that airport and involved a Piper PA-34 and a Cessna 172. So we want to keep the families there in mind as three are killed in a mid-air collision over the Everglades. Never fun, never good to have a plane crash anywhere, but golly, over the Everglades... Almost no chance of survival, I wouldn't think, if that happened. Sad news for, for a South Carolina family as Sergeant First Class Christopher Andrews Lees from Somerville, South Carolina, age 32, was killed in Afghanistan. And a memorial service will be held today in Savannah, Georgia, at Congregation Mikvi Israel, 20 East Gordon Street in Savannah, Georgia. Lees was killed in combat on July 12th. He was assigned to the 1st Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment, Hunter Army Airfield, as we want to keep his family in our thoughts and prayers. Lee's a alumnus of the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. Now to Alabama, where on the political side of things, a Republican primary runoff victor was Martha Roby as the four-term congresswoman defeated Bobby Bright. She got nearly 70% of Tuesday's vote. She moves on to the November general election where she'll face Democrat Tamitha Eisner in the Montgomery suburbs that represent her district. Now, Roby did not get to 50% in the original June election, so she had to go to this runoff, and she dominated her opponent. President Trump tweeted today, Congratulations to Martha Roby of the great state of Alabama on her big GOP primary win for Congress. My endorsement came appropriately late. But when it came, the, quote, floodgates 
opened and you had the kind of landslide victory that you deserve. Enjoy. So President Trump happy that Martha Roby at least moves on to the November general election in Alabama. Also in Alabama, not quite as good news for a couple of lawmen in the Jasper area. Jasper Mayor David O'Malley has suspended four Jasper officers after they took a picture in what some people say a few of these guys are making hand gestures that are hate symbols. They've got an upside down OK sign in the picture following a drug bust in Walker County. Mayor of Jasper suspending these four policemen. More details to come on that one. Now to a Florida woman who was arrested after her pet spider monkey allegedly attacked a Home Depot employee. Woman's spy, I guess you could take a monkey into a Home Depot. Well, that's what happened. And this, this monkey attacked not one but two Home Depot employees in separate incidents. And she's been arrested for that. Tina Ballard was arrested Monday by Linville Land Harbor Police Officers in North Carolina and is slated to be extradited back to Okeechobee County in Florida as a result of the monkey gone crazy. Hey, get this. You can't make this up. The, the monkey that was out of control at Home Depot, uh, his name's Spanky. He reportedly jumped out of a shopping cart and grabbed a Home Depot's cashier's shirt, leaving red marks on the cashier's shoulder and back. The Palm Beach Post reported, and this incident was originally not reported to wildlife officials at the time. In early June, another Home Depot employee in Okeechobee claimed she was attacked by Spanky after she noticed the monkey roaming the store's parking lot with a leash on. Spanky the out-of-control monkey. Keep Spanky out of Home Depot, okay? Tennesseans, well, congratulations. You now have the highest tax in the nation. Yes, Tennessee takes over for Louisiana as the Pelican State no longer has the highest average sales tax rate in America, but it's a close race. Tennessee narrowly edged out Louisiana for the top spot with an average state and local combined sales tax rate of 9.46%. This is according to data available from the Nonpartisan Conservative Tax Foundation, which shows Louisiana falls a hair behind. Louisiana's at 9.45%. Not good, but hey, remember, I don't know about Louisiana, but I know in Tennessee there's no income tax. So yes, Tennessee's sales tax may be slightly high, but good Lord, they don't charge or they don't have a state income tax. So they've got to make money somehow, right? You got you to gotta pay the politicians. <laughs> Just kidding, Nashville. Just kidding. But yes, Tennessee's slightly higher than Louisiana now. If you want the savings, maybe not go to the volunteer state, cross over to another state. Now to, we love in the South, our wildlife. Well, a Texas man off of Corpus Christi caught a massive hammerhead shark in the Gulf of Mexico. This was a 14-foot shark caught Sunday by fisherman Poco Cedillo. And it, uh, he measured it, took photos, and he actually tried, according to him, he tried to be a good Samaritan and put the 400-pound shark back into the Gulf of Mexico. The problem is... He had it out of the water too long, and the 14-foot, 400-pound shark died. As a result of that, he took the shark and had the meat, 400 pounds of it, donated to a homeless shelter. But if you see the picture, it is a humongous fish right there in Corpus Christi. I don't know how he caught it, but he sure did. 
and this hammerhead shark will be a nice bonus to the homeless shelter in Corpus Christi, but I'm sure that uh, Poco would rather have seen the shark swimming back in the Gulf of Mexico, if at all possible. Now to a good story coming from the Charleston, South Carolina area. We love our animals, and sometimes they, they leave us, but we hope they come back. Well, here in Charleston, Michael and Meredith Welch let their cat Lucy out on June 25th to, June 25th to play in the yard, and they had no idea that, that old Lucy would go just a slightly further than, than they expected. The cat ended up traveling over 1,000 miles from Charleston to Falmouth, Maine. <laughs> they have no idea. Well, they do kind of have a little bit of an idea. What happened was their neighbor found Lucy four days later when she unpacked her car in Maine. I guess the neighbor had to go to Maine, and Lucy found a way to get into the neighbor's car, and Lucy rode along all the way to Maine from Charleston. I've had that happen before. A cat got under my grandmother's car one time and she had a doctor's appointment. I was riding with her. We went to the doctor's appointment, but this time it wasn't in Maine. It was probably 10 miles down the road and the cat got out at the doctor's office. Now the cat in this case was under the hood. I don't know where Lucy was. Lucy may have been able to jump into the back seat or something like that, but Lucy the cat, what a surprise. You think you're in the low country of South Carolina, you end up in Maine, which is not a bad place to be this time of year, by the way. I've uh, never been to Maine in the summertime, but they say it's a lovely place. But we're glad Lucy the cat can get back to the South Carolina low country and be re reunited with parents Michael and Meredith Welch. The Y'all Show will come back after this break, and we'll turn our attention to the Atlantic Coast Conference. ACC Media Days starts today in Charlotte. And ESPN.com writer David Hale will be our special guest. That's up next on Y'all. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. There's never been a better time to try our Sprint network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title Premium Music Streaming. 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot and full HD all on the network built for unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Sprint's new unlimited plus plan. Best deal ever. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash unlimited, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit. Third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. When you don't have a big marketing budget, you have to wait until the opportunity is just right. Well, consider this your opportunity alarm going off. 
Vistaprint semi-annual sale has arrived with up to 50% off site-wide, including custom postcards, signs, invitations, posters, and more. And with tons of business card options, like Square Cards, now's the time to get huge savings on them, too. Make the most of this opportunity. Go to vistaprint.com by July 24th and enter the promo code SAVEBIG. Welcome back to the Y'all Show, talking Southern music, culture, books, and everything else in between, cooking, and of course, you can't talk about the South without talking about college football. And here on the Y'all Show with John Raw, we're glad to feature the Atlantic Coast Conference every week, all the news and notes of the ACC. And this week, we're going to welcome in from ESPN.com college sports reporter, David Hale, to the y'all show welcome into y'all sir hey thanks for having me all right david your first time here so we'll send you a prize pack in the mail for being a guest on the y'all show in case people aren't familiar with you david tell us a little bit about your own background with espn and what you did before coming to the flagship yeah so i'm actually i'm a, I'm a yankee i can't uh, i can't I, I, I'm, I'm born a yankee but uh haven't spent a lot of time covering college football for the past uh I guess 12, 13 years now. I married a girl from Alabama, so I have I have adopted myself as a Southerner, uh, if if nothing else. But uh, yeah, I've covered uh, covered college football for ESPN. This will be my sixth season there, so uh, a lot of ACC, a lot of SEC football in my blood. Now there is a technical term for someone like you. You do know what that term is, right? Oh, what is that? You're a damn Yankee. <laughs> that is true. I have no doubt about that. Where's your wife from? Uh, she's from Birmingham, so oh, okay. I got uh, I, I got legit legit ties there. Okay, the Magic City, which is not ACC country, it's kind of more SEC. You might have heard about that. Yeah, I, I've I've spent my few share days in uh, in Hoover for SEC media days, and and down in Tuscaloosa for some football games. And of course, if I uh, go to any sort of family functions, I, my job there is strictly to talk about football with folks. So if I say the word Milo's, does that ring a bell? Oh, uh, tell me what you're talking about. I bet I, uh, go, you tell me. Well, I'm asking you, do you know what the, what, when I say the word Milo's, M-I-L-O apostrophe oh, is. the, the iced tea. <laughs> All okay. right, yeah. You passed the test. You passed all the right, test. All right, that's good. We'll, all right. We'll let you in the club. Milo's based out of Birmingham <laughs> and they're all over and maybe where you are and uh, you're based out of Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, and you can find a few places. You got to you got to put some effort in, but it's well, worth it. Well, there's good tea in North Carolina for sure, but Milo's has really cornered the market on putting it out there for mass consumption. Well, let's put you out there for mass consumption, David. Let's talk about the ACC Media Days coming up this week, Wednesday, Thursday in Charlotte. Is it going to be the same place they have it each and every year? Or yeah, so it used to be. This is sort of an interesting ev evolution, I guess. Maybe it used to be that they would bounce it around to different uh golf courses because it was a big thing for for a long time when sort of college football is a little smaller than it is now where it would be a good opportunity for some of the coaches to get out and play a few rounds and they would have a, a round you know the media and the coaches would get out and play 18 and that was sort of more important than the actual reporting that was being done there but uh as 
budgets at newspapers have disappeared and time for the coaches has disappeared. It has become much more of an efficient uh, in and out thing. So the last, I think this will be four years in a row now that they've done it in Charlotte and they do it at the, uh, I think they do it at the, at the Westin in Charlotte for football and they do it at the Ritz Carlton in Charlotte for basketball. And it's, uh, it's pretty much a down and dirty, get in there, get as much reporting as you can get done in two days and get out. Now this year they're doing it two days and the two days are divided by division, correct? Correct. Yeah. So I think they got the coastal on Wednesday and the Atlantic on Thursday. Okay. All right. And that's how the ACC does it. Other conferences spread it out over four days, and that's what you're seeing in the SEC. But the ACC, just a little different, maybe more efficient. Maybe they're saving a lot of money. By the way, which is the nicer hotel, the Weston or the other one you mentioned for basketball? So there's no doubt about the ACC is the nicer experience. But I will say the SEC this year, this is the first year the SEC has done this. They moved it from Hoover, from the Galleria in Hoover up to the College Football Hall of Fame mm -hmm. in Atlanta. And I think they really kind of view this as their preseason Super Bowl. And, and yeah, they do it over four days, and it's a circus. Uh, it is not the most fun environment to be in for that circus, though, unless you're sort of – it's like the those Super Bowl, uh, the lead-up when they – you know, have the media day for the Super Bowl, and there's just like a million reporters out asking as many dumb questions as possible. That's sort of what SEC media days is. ACC, we like to think that we're a little classier here. Yeah, well, I've been to SEC media days on more than one occasion, and if you skip when Alabama's there, it's pretty pretty mild experience. But when Alabama's there, it is really crazy, especially with Saban at the helmet. They have the most idiotic fans in all of the Yellowhammer State <laughs> show up in the bowels of the shopping mall for that event. Now, I'll bring that to mind because we're talking ACC with you, David. Which of the ACC programs is likely to bring out the crazies when they have ACC media days? <laughs> See, the nice thing about having it in Charlotte is it's is every every fan base has to put some effort into getting there. There's not one just right in town there. Uh, so it works out all right. We don't have too many crazies, though. Uh, you know, the really where you find your real crazies uh, at ACC Media Days is on, on Twitter after you tweet out any sort of uh, entertaining commentary. But, um, yeah, you know, it's uh, my, my ACC fan base experience sort of starts with Miami as the top of the – the poll on on the craziness and works its way down from there yeah well is it a good thing or bad thing that the two main conferences in the southeast the acc and the sec both have media days the same exact time is that a good thing i you know i some of it's just a matter of scheduling i, I think that you know it it has gotten to a point where uh and particularly now that they're not allowed to do two a days anymore and it's for, sort of forces um schools to start earlier with fall camp and then you have most of the teams are taking summer classes it's just really hard to schedule it but i don't think it's a good thing i think it's i mean look the sec is going to sort of take all the air out of the room in every conversation about college football so they can kind of do whatever they want and it doesn't much matter because people are going to pay attention but if you're the acc and you know you're trying to to grab a few of those headlines too this is is certainly not the best way to do it well the acc has been a headline grabber in the last couple of years mainly clemson winning a national championship and competing for one in more than one year here recently in Florida State, a recent national champion. Tell me about what we're looking for, in your opinion, from a conference standpoint in 2018. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I think that on paper, and, and certainly on paper does not always translate to reality, but on paper, Clemson is still 
hands down the best team in the in the conference and um they've got an interesting question at quarterback where they have a pretty good one in kelly bryant who got them to the playoff last year but they have a potentially great one in a true freshman named trevor lawrence who uh played in cartersville georgia uh and is by all accounts one of the best quarterback prospects to come out of the high school ranks in the last decade or so so it's sort of a question of do you stick with what you've got or do you roll the dice on the high end potential of a, of a freshman? Um, and I think if things broke right for them, I, I, Clemson is arguably the best team in the country right now. Uh, the big question is if, the, if there's anybody else in the ACC who can come close to matching that and challenge them. I think Florida State certainly has a lot of talent on their roster. I mean, they've continued to recruit well, but last year was a really down year. There's a good coaching change. There's there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made, and I'm not sure that they're, you know, in that you know 10, 11, 12 win range this year, or or whether that's still going to be another year or so away. And you know, Miami, we saw they played really well last year, but got to an ACC championship game and got walloped by Clemson. Um, have they taken a real step forward to close that gap? I, I just don't see it at this point. So to me, a lot of it is, is Clemson and then everybody else. Yeah, like many people, I felt Clemson would be back in a national championship game last year. and They came one game away from that. They were defeated by Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. What happened in that game? And are we going to see that kind of effect in 2018 from the Tigers? Yeah, you know, I think what happened in that game is you saw some of their their weak spots exposed. Look, they were not great at pass blocking last year. They had a lot of young guys at some of the, um, you know, tight end and at running back that weren't great at blitz pickup. They had a quarterback who I think was not nearly as good in the pocket as Deshaun Watson was the, the couple of years before. And when you go up against a front like Alabama has, it just makes life really, really difficult to try and slow down a great pass rush. And, you know, they were just not great good at moving the ball offensively. I mean, the thing is, if you look back at, at, at each of these games that, that they've played against Alabama in the playoffs the last three years, the, the Clemson defense has certainly held its own against the, the Tide, but it's just been a matter of whether or not they can move the ball offensively enough to, to win a football game. And last year, it just it wasn't going to happen. There just was not enough uh, firepower there. I think this year they're in a little bit better position you know, if, it, if we get a, if we get a part four out of this, I think that they're certainly um, a little bit better uh, oriented to to being able to move the ball on, on a team like Alabama. Yeah, this is appearing to be what we see in the NBA: Cavs, Warriors. You got Clemson and Alabama in college football, but a lot of people want to change that. All hell, David. We're talking with David Hale, college sports reporter of ESPN.com. We encourage you to see his work on Twitter and all the reporting he does at ESPN.com. David, here in the Deep South, a team that really surprises what happened early in the season last year. Speaking of Alabama, they really fell apart and then ended up having a coaching change. The Seminoles, what's your take on FSU in 2018? Yeah, last year was just a disaster of epic proportions. It was sort of a perfect storm thing. You know, it's they had their quarterback got hurt in the opener against Alabama and that became a big problem uh, because they just didn't have a, a number two QB who was ready to play right away. I think you had a lot of animosity on the on the roster within the, the, the team in the locker room. Certainly I think Jimbo Fisher uh, was kind of ready to move on probably earlier last season than it actually happened. I think there was a lot of players who saw that um, it, it was just not a good season for many, many, many reasons. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, what, what 
happened is what needed to happen. There was sort of a let's rip the bandaid off. Jimbo moves on to a situation where he is going to be highly compensated to to coach elsewhere. I think Florida State, look, I don't know that Willie Taggart is going to be great there. He has one year at a Power 5 program under his belt in his career. But he has shown that he is really good at building a program. He is an excellent recruiter. I think he is sort of personality-wise the opposite of Jimbo Fisher in that he's he's more of a player's coach, I guess, if you want to use that terminology. Um, he's a much more sort of hands-on um sort of uh, uh, open personality, I guess, whereas Jimbo was sort of more of that CEO type. And uh, and I think all of that maybe helps for Florida State. But look, it's still a big transition. You know, Jimbo had a lot of success there over a long period of time. And turning the page is not always as simple as just saying like, all right, let's, uh, let's forget about what happened last year and move on. I think there's, there's a lot that has to sort of go into making it all coalesce and um, my, my guess is by the end of the year that that will have happened at Florida State. The big question is whether it can happen sooner than that because, um, you know, they don't have an easy early schedule and they're going to have to to probably win some games where they're still figuring a few things out. And I think that's sort of the big question around Florida State is whether they can get to, to that point uh, in week one or whether it's week six or seven where things start to click. A little further down the peninsula of the Sunshine State, you find the U, and the U had the 2017 ACC Coach of the Year in Mark Richt. Is Coach Rick going to get the Canes back to prominence in 2018? I, I like this team a lot, and I do think that they're the class of the Coastal Division. But I think, you know, the, the big question at, at Miami is always – is sort of like, you know, even last year, I think you talked to a lot of Miami fans and it was a great year. You know, they were they were ranked number one in the country for a little while. You know, they went to their first ACC championship game. They played a BCS, well, BCS, a New Year's Six Bowl game. Um, all of these things are things that they hadn't done in a while. And I think the fan base still kind of says, yeah, but we were kind of hoping for a little more than that. And and then they're not wrong necessarily, because that next step is really where what Miami needs to get. And I just don't know if they're quite there yet. You know, they the quarterback play was hit or miss last year and and really struggled down the stretch. And they're in more or less the same boat this year than they were last year. You know, the, the offensive line needs to take some steps forward, um, you know, and, and the schedule sets up pretty nicely for them this year. But look, last year they were a New Year's Six level team, Coastal Division champs, and Florida State was terrible, and it still took a – dramatic final drive to beat Florida State so you say can they get past Florida State this year you know I I don't know they've got a, a tough opener against LSU they've got you know and then theoretically if they make it to an ACC championship game they're going to need to beat Clemson and and to me um, last year was maybe a good thing for Miami in terms of sort of a benchmark of all right, we've had some success we're moving in the right direction but look at Clemson we played them that's where we need to be and we are clearly not there yet. So I think that's sort of the big wild card with Miami is is that last step from being a really competitive team to being a team that's capable of winning at all. And I, I'm not sure that they're ready to take that step quite yet. One of Sebastian the Ibis's dramatic wins that you mentioned was against Georgia Tech in the rain there in Miami Gardens, Florida last fall. And that loss to Miami kind of sent – Georgia Tech, the, the Ramblin' Rex spiraling. Are the Jackets going to be back up to speed in 2018? 
their schedule is tough, which is is unfortunate for them. But you know they lost a lot of close games last year. You know, you remember the Tennessee game in the yeah. opener where they really dominated that game and managed to let it slip away. Uh, and there's a couple of games that were, were sort of like that for them. So typically, when you have a team that that has some really bad luck in close games, that tends to even out the next season. So that certainly, I think, luck in general has to be on Georgia Tech's side a little bit more this year. Um, you know, it's I think there's. Uh, there's certainly some potential there at Georgia Tech, but um, I think the expectations this year need to be ratcheted up a little bit because uh, things in that program have certainly stagnated. And that was a program that went to a bowl game for the better part of three decades. And then if they miss one this year, would be three out of the last four years not going to a bowl game. And I think that's going to lead to some very big questions about what the future of that program is. So I would say when you start talking about, you know, who – who's going to step up this year in the ACC, who has pressure on them. I, I would say that, that Georgia Tech is one of those programs that um, if they don't get back to the eight-win number this year by the end of the year, I think there's some legitimate questions about where where the direction of the program needs to be. Yeah, the heat will be on in hot Atlanta for sure. Now to Tobacco Road and the four North Carolina schools. Thoughts on those? Yeah, you know, they're, they're – a lot of them are in sort of a similar situation. I think NC State, Duke, and uh, Wake Forest, you know, as I kind of go through in my preseason, look at them, um, have some obvious holes to fill, but have a lot of established talent. And, and I see them sort of in that seven to eight win range with if, you know, if a few games get lucky here or there, maybe they step up to nine or 10 wins and could challenge for a division. But, I, you know, to me, these are all three teams that are sort of above average, but not elite yet. Um, Carolina is sort of the opposite of that. This was a team that, that was bad last year, had a ton of injuries. A lot of young guys had to play. Those young guys, I think, are still in a process of developing, and we're not quite sure what UNC has in them yet. The few of them click. I, I can see this team kind of getting into bowl contention, um, maybe getting to seven wins, something like that. But um, they're going to need a lot to go right. I think a little bit. This is a little bit more of a development year for UNC than anything else. Whereas you know the rest of those teams in the triangle area are kind of, I think, a little bit further along than where UNC is. And in the Old Dominion State, the Hoos had a decent season last year with Bronco Mendenhall getting them to a bowl game. Virginia Tech, a little bit of a question mark. Your thoughts on the two schools in Virginia? Yeah, it, it's it's not been a great offseason for either one. I think Virginia Tech has lost a lot of uh, talent from last year and then had uh, a handful of guys either get hurt or get dismissed or um, – end up not being back with the program and that's that's a problem especially on defense they're going to be their secondary is a is a wide open question right now and that's uh that's problematic in a bud foster defense where he tends to put a lot on his corners um and then you know virginia i think look it's a work in progress there and, and bronco mendenhall uh the thing that i like about him a lot is he does things his own way he is not trying to build in a a typical way he has his own way of doing things i think that's kind of how you have to do it at a place like virginia but it also makes the blueprint kind of hard to see from afar and you look at it and you say i don't know who is that good on this roster right now i don't know who it is that's going to you know pull virginia up from mediocrity this year and and they did they got off to a good start last year i think they started off five and two last year and ended up making a bowl game but even down the stretch last year they didn't look uh within their their uh, league playing in a lot of ACC games, they, they 
they got it handed to them. And, and I don't know, to me, from an outsider's perspective, it, it, it looks like an uphill battle for UVA again this year. I know, I know Bronco would disagree with me, but right. that's just sort of my take on it. The 2016 Heisman Trophy winner has left Papa John's country, and if that weren't bad enough news, their first game is in Orlando against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Will the U of L be back on track in 2018? <laughs> That's my biggest wild card in the ACC. Really? I, I don't know what to make of them because I, I think, you know, on the one hand, they really struggled at times last year, particularly on defense. That was just a bad defensive football team last year. And then you lose a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is um, irreplaceable, in my opinion. I mean, you just, you're not going to find anybody who can do what Lamar Jackson did. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I think there's something to be said that that when you have a guy like Lamar who can improvise as well as he can, who had so much of the offense on his shoulders, that, that sometimes having a guy who maybe can't do all of that leads to a little bit more consistency from everybody around them because they're sort of not sitting back and waiting for somebody to do a magic trick. They're, they're a little bit more on point and trying to get their own jobs done properly. And you know, defensively, there's almost nowhere to go but up. They've had a huge amount of turnover personnel-wise. Um, normally I'd say that's a bad thing, but when you struggle as bad as Louisville did last year, maybe it's not, maybe it's a good thing to get some fresh faces out there. Um, Brian Van Gorder is the new defensive coordinator. He's had some success in the past, but his recent history at Notre Dame before this was not particularly great either. So, you know, to me, if you say Louisville's going to win nine games, I'd say, all right, I guess things went well and that's possible. If you said Louisville's going to win five games, I'd say, all right, well, I guess that things didn't go so well, and that's possible. So um, I, I don't know. My guess is it's probably somewhere in the middle of that. But it, to me, that's the team that if it, I think could legitimately push some teams in the Atlantic or could miss a bowl game altogether. All right, winding it down, our discussion now with David Hale of ESPN.com. I'm going to channel my ACC basketball now and put you on a shot clock. 30 seconds or whatever the shot clock is now in college basketball. Talk about the, <laughs> talk about the Yankee schools. Go. Uh, I actually like Boston College this year. They've got a lot to like. Uh, A.J. Dillon might be a Heisman contender this year. That defense could be pretty good. I like what Boston College is doing. And 15 I, seconds. I, 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 and the rest of them I don't feel like we really need to talk <laughs> that much about. Okay. Pitt, Syracuse, uh, whatever. Okay, good stuff there. David, you mentioned your Cinderella pick or uh, whatever the terminology you use for Louisville. Anybody else we need to keep a little eye on in 2018? Who's going to surprise us this year? Well, like I said, I mean, I think BC is an interesting team just because they've got a lot of pieces. But, but you know, historically you don't see those private schools from up north competing with the likes of Clemson very often. But um, they're, they're – they, they're better than a lot of people think. So this is a team to keep your uh, keep your eye on. I think as you look nationally, I think Arkansas has a chance to not win the, the SEC West this year, but I think they're going to be a little a, a good bit better. I really like their coaching hire with Chad Morris. Wisconsin's a team that I really like that not a lot of people have been talking about this year. They bring back so much of a team from last year that was really good. Mm -hmm. um, that's a team that I think you know people are kind of pointing at Michigan and Ohio State in the Big Ten. I think Wisconsin has a, ch a real chance to be in that mix as well. Um, and then, you know, Big 12 to me is, is the most interesting conference because I think it's wide open. When you take Baker Mayfield out of the, the scenario, I, I look at the Big 12 and I think there's probably four or five teams that could win that. All right. Well, I promised you you could talk about anything Southern on the show. So if there's anything you need to get off your chest, David, now's your time. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm all right, but I'm, I'm, in, I'm in one of the, the truly great Southern cities of Athens, Georgia right now. And so my, my 
job now is to find a good Athens meal before I have to head out of town. So that's my that's my southern uh, stress stress situation at the moment. Is I gotta I gotta narrow down to a last meal in Athens before I hit the road. Well, of course, that Athens is home of the varsity. In addition to Atlanta, you've probably been to the one by Georgia Tech's campus, but they do have a varsity in Athens. I have been to both of them, and uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, it's on my list. It's on my list. Okay, well. Athens is a good town. Not an ACC town, but still a, a good place to go and visit. David, thank you very much for taking some time, and congratulations on what you offer at ESPN.com and, and also for stealing one of our women. <laughs> it's the least I can do. I, I, I owe you all I owe y'all for letting me have a good one. Hey, I know that was difficult for you just to say the word y'all, but. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's, that's grown on me. Okay. David Hale, ESPN.com. Thank you very much. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All righty. Well, there's another superpower of college football having their media days this very week. And it's happening in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame. It's the Southeastern Conference. And after this timeout, we'll come back and hear from the brand new head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers, Jeremy Pruitt. He had an opening statement this morning at media days. And we've got that ahead on y'all. Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2-liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the Brotherhood of Muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. An overflowing toilet can wreak havoc on your home. So today, I'll show you how to avoid a flood by installing the toilet in your bathtub. All you need is a plumber's wrench and a hose clamp. This easy modification not only stops flooding, it also cuts down on morning prep time. You could try to protect your home with a tub toilet, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Call Geico and see how affordable homeowners insurance can be.
catchy little tune there from the University of Tennessee marching band. Oh, yeah, I think we all know the name of that one right there, Rocky Top. SEC Media Day is happening this week in Atlanta, and we've already heard in hour one and hour two on the Tuesday, y'all, coaches. Well, we're going to keep the madness going here on today's y'all. We've got Chad Morris of Arkansas, Dan Mullen of Florida, and Ole Miss coach Matt Luke coming up in hour two of today's show. But right now, this morning at the podium, Jeremy Pruitt, the latest football coach in Knoxville, Tennessee. I say latest because it seems like they've had a carousel of coaches on Rocky Top the last decade. Well, he is the new coach of the Big Orange, and he comes to Knoxville from Alabama, where he was an assistant the last few years with Nick Saban. Prior to that, he was at Georgia, and he also was a coordinator at Florida State. But now the North Alabama native has a chance to lead the flagship university of the state of Tennessee to prominence, and he had an opening statement at today's SEC Football Media Days. Let's go in and hear Jeremy Pruitt right now. You know, there's a lot of firsts for me. Um, my, my first SEC meetings and sitting in there for a couple of days, it was real easy to see why this conference um, is the best conference in the country. You know, sitting around and listening to, to Greg talk and lead um, the meetings. Uh, brilliant guy and has a plan for everything and uh, Greg, I just want to say thank you for uh, that introduction and thank you for having me. Uh, thank you to the media. Um, this is the best conference in the country, and a lot of it has to do with the exposure that you guys get. Uh, everywhere you're at, it don't matter if you're in um, Knoxville, Tennessee, or you can be in Houston, Texas, or you can be in Cincinnati, Ohio, wherever. The coverage for the SEC is second to none. Uh, thank you for that. For me, when I chose to go to Tennessee, and our staff chose to go to Tennessee, our number one goal is to build a championship program. To do that, it takes commitment and it takes resources. When you talk about, com uh, when you talk about commitment, you can look at the Tennessee fan base. Uh, I've been all over the state. I've been uh, all over the southeast. The passion, you can feel it. Um, we're hungry. They're hungry. Everybody's hungry. We're excited to get started. We're excited to get this air started and um, can't wait to do it. When you talk about facilities, um, our facilities there, the plan uh, that, that's been in place, just in the last six months, we have, we have added a practice facility, uh, an extra practice field. We have redone our weight room and we have also redone the Anderson Center. So when you talk about commitments, you've got to have the resources to do it. I think it starts at the top. It starts with our athletic director, Philip Fulmer. A lot of people ask questions. What's it, what's it like working with Coach Fulmer? Well, the easiest way to look at it is this. If you told me that I was going to be the head coach at Tennessee and I could choose who the athletic director was going to be, I would choose Coach Fulmer. Coach Fulmer was a player there. He was an assistant coach. He's a championship uh, head coach at Tennessee. So all the things that helped make Tennessee great, he knows what it, what it took to get there. When there was a bump in the road, he probably knows the things that can help steer me away from it. Um, I'm thankful that I have an opportunity of, hey, if I have some questions, because I'm going to tell you something. Whatever you do, when, I talk about football all the time being a developmental game. It's the same thing, same way for coaches. Uh, I'm sure 10 years from now I'll be a better head coach than I will be this, this fall. So the, the good part of that for me is if I have any questions, i got a guy that I can walk 30 feet down the hall 
and, and lean on him. So I think that he's going to expedite this process to help us get to be in a championship program again. Uh, to me, if you're going to if you're going to build that, you've got to have a strong staff. Uh, when we went to look to to build our staff, uh, the first thing that we were looking for was good people. Um, out of, when you're talking about uh, the ten full-time coaches and myself, um, eight of us started off as high school football coaches. Well, to me, that's important. Uh, if you're going to get in a high school game, you're doing it because you want to have a positive impact on young people. And and I know that our guys, that's that's their first priority. If you're going to be, if you're a high school coach. Um, you got to understand how to be a, good, a really good teacher. You got to understand the teaching progression. And I think our guys are fantastic teachers. Um, if you're going to build a championship program, you've got to be able to recruit, obviously, but you got to be able to develop what's on your team. Um, I think a great illustration of who our staff is, if you looked at this past year's NFL draft, there's 32 picks in the first round. There's eight young men that were drafted in the, in the first round that somebody on our staff either recruited, coached, or helped develop in their program uh, over, over at some point in time. If you're going to win championships, you've got to have guys that are winners, the guys that have been there that understand it uh, and know what it takes to do that. With 11 guys on our staff, 13 times some member on our staff has been on a national championship staff. Uh, to me, that's pretty impressive. To me, the most important thing um, building this program is graduating our players, graduating our student athletes. Um, Joe Scoggins is, is head of our academic department. Uh, his staff does a fantastic job. They're proactive. They're not reactive. Um, we have 10 seniors on our football team uh, entering this season, but we will have 10 young men that have already graduated. At Christmas, we're going to have 22 men on our, on our roster that have already received their degrees, and that's with only 10 seniors. So that tells you a little bit about uh, Joe and, and, and what kind of job that he's doing. If you looked at our roster, um, there's over 40 degrees representative. So that says a lot about the, uh, um, the versatility of the university there. You look at our staff. Tracy Rocker, he won the Outland, he won the Lombardi. Chris Winkie, he won the Heisman Trophy. Terry Fair, he was a first-round pick. There's no staff in the country that illustrates more how important a degree is. As good as those guys were at what they did, someday somebody told them they wasn't good enough. So then they had to lean on the, re the whole reason they went to school, and I think our staff ex ex um, exemplifies that. You know, the power of the T. The, the, the T represents power. Um, you know, for our guys, the opportunities that exist um, with, a, with a people that are associated with the University of Tennessee once football's over with. I've been to, to Memphis, Nashville, Chattanooga, Bristol, Knoxville, Atlanta, Georgia, Charlotte, North Carolina, Huntington, West Virginia, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Everywhere I've been, I have seen and felt the power of the T. Um, and, and I'm honored to have a chance to represent the University of Tennessee, and we're excited to get this season going. Impressive debut at the mic for first-year head man in Knoxville, Jeremy Pruitt of the Tennessee Volunteers, as the Vols again kick off the 2018 season in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium on Labor Day weekend, where they face off against the West Virginia Mountaineers in an SEC Big 12 battle. 
Coming up in hour two of today's Y'all Show, we're going to hear from Pruitt's fellow SEC coaches. We've got Arkansas head man Chad Morris, as well as Florida coach Dan Mullen and Ole Miss coach Matt Luke. That's all ahead in hour two. Plus, next hour we'll have Precious Harris stop by with the Nashville Music Line. There was a big star-studded event on Music Row this week. She'll have all the details in hour two of y'all. So hold on to your helmet. We'll be right back with more of the Y'all Show with John Rawl. sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. There's never been a better time to try our Sprint network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title premium music streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan. Best deal ever. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store at Sprint.com slash Unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit and third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Wednesday, y'all, continues. Welcome back. I'm John Rawl, 803-816-1170 is how you can catch us anytime via the telephone or use your phone and text us with a question or comment, 803-816-1170 on Twitter, at Y'all Show. We've got Precious Harris stopping by momentarily with her Nashville music line. Find out the latest from Music Row, Nashville, Tennessee. In just a few, also this hour, we'll have some audio from a couple of SEC football coaches, Chad Morris, Dan Mullen, and Matt Luke. That's all ahead in hour two. Right now, though, we'll quickly go through our hashtag hullabaloo, the madness of social media. Yes, we cover it right here on the Y'all Show. And the first hashtag hullabaloo candidate comes from Courtney Kellner. At CPK1227 on Twitter, she says that she's a wife, a mama, a sister, an aunt, a daughter, a lawyer, a lover of Ovaltine, and a feminist with a to-do list. Oh, Lord, I hope she's not got me on her to-do list. Uh, She may not like our show, but hopefully, Courtney, you'll love our show, especially when I'm giving you love on the air. And I had to look this up. I've seen the word Ovaltine. I don't think I've ever had Ovaltine. I had to look it up, and it's kind of like chocolate mix sort of like Hershey's mix that you put in the milk but it's not 
the same. I haven't had it. I don't know if I want it. If you have an opinion on Ovaltine, it's been around a long time, by the way, let me know at Y'all Show on Twitter or email y'allshow at y'all.com. We'd love to know more about Ovaltine, if it's good, bad, or indifferent. But Courtney says, this evening I made tomato pie from the onions, tomatoes, and basil in my garden. Then we had the peach cobbler for dessert I made earlier this week. Then Cardinal Kells, I assume that's her husband, and I prepped and put away for winter a ton of peaches. I'm a southern domestic goddess. Courtney, it sounds like it. Maybe you're not such a feminist. <laughs> if you're doing all that, I, I thought feminists oftentimes don't do all this kind of southern stuff. They're all about uh, maybe hiring somebody. But no, it sounds like you've been busy. And, and I'm jealous. I'd love to have some of that peach cobbler, or as we say in my part of the world, peach pie. But yes, sounds good, Courtney. Looking forward to it. Aisha Evans, EDS. I guess she's got a degree in education. She's an educator, mother of seven, Zeta Phi Beta Incorporated, Kappa Delta Pi, Phi Delta Kappa. She's got all these Kappa Deltas, Alpha, Alpha Chi, Golden Key International, Honorary Society. Aisha, you have been busy at AEV 1920. She writes, Sunday breakfast, pork chops smothered in onions and gravy, biscuits, scrambled eggs, and cheese rice covered in butter and sugar. Cheese rice. I haven't had that. And you had it for breakfast, Aisha? I guess you know something from all that education that you've received. I haven't had that kind of education, and I'm envious. That sounds good. I've never had pork chops for breakfast. But I hear that it's a good option. And if I'm going to have it, of course you got to have it in onions and gravy. All right, Aisha, you got me with a challenge now for the next time I sit down for breakfast. I need to have some pork chops, some onions and gravy, and scrambled eggs. Ooh, I love some good scrambled eggs. Got to get them right, though. I, I finally found out how to make them properly, and it doesn't take but a few seconds on the grill whenever you're making them. Don't overcook scrambled eggs. Okay, I can't handle much more of this breakfast talk, even no matter what time of day it is. Breakfast is always a delicious option. Regina Pierce on Twitter, at Regina Pierce. It's true. Southern gentlemen still rush to open your door, stand when you approach the table, give you their coats when it's cold, and say yes, ma'am, to all women as a sign of respect, regardless of status or age. There's just nothing like it anywhere else in the world, Regina Pierce says. Regina, that's very nice. As a Southern gentleman, I, I think I'm a Southern gentleman. I have tried to do all these things that you mentioned, like opening doors, but I'm not going to win the award, and probably many of you fellows out there may not be winning awards for doing what she says 100% of the time. We should. We should be Southern gentlemen, but we get lazy, and we get, I mean, frankly, we had a so-called feminist just write us a second ago. In some cases, you feel like you may be insulting someone to go out of your way to be a Southern gentleman. We live in a world where people keep their heads down when they walk, and they don't like to say hello. Now, in the South, we try not to be like that, but it's it's hard not to be that way, especially when you go outside the South. And look, I'll be honest with you, I don't mind opening the door, but some of these doors, especially like the post office, are so darn heavy and hard to open. Most of these post offices and other buildings have those handicap buttons you can push and the door opens. That's a lot easier to, to do, and 
it stays open for a few seconds so you don't have to sit there and wait for somebody to to come while they're behind you they get to come in and they don't have to touch a thing because the door's still open plus i hate it when i go to the post office and i try to be a southern gentleman and i hold the door open for someone probably 15 feet away being a southern gentleman they get to go in the door before me and they get to go stand in line before me so sometimes being a southern gentleman hurts you but i like what you put regina and i like the picture of rhett butler frankly my dear that's that's a great tweet and we appreciate it alexis bailey at alexis m bailey i can't be with anyone who isn't from the south using the term y'all you're from new jersey we don't talk like that hashtag southern okay alexis i'm not sure where you're going with that but we appreciate your sentiment finally eric explores the world at eric xp the world on twitter He's got a picture of downtown Birmingham, Alabama, and he writes, Skyline of Birmingham, Alabama, a place where Southern hospitality is seen throughout. Very friendly folks. And the picture is taken atop the Thomas Jefferson Tower. Now, I've been to Birmingham a lot. I had not heard of the Thomas Jefferson Tower. I had to do some research. And this is a 19-story skyscraper built in 1929 and it's on the western side of downtown Birmingham on 2nd Avenue North. And it has been, when it was built in 1929, get this, the to hotel that was built there hosted a Zeppelin mooring mast for anchoring dirigibles, which were once thought to be the transportation of the future. <laughs> Newsflash, that didn't happen. See Hindenburg. This Thomas Jefferson Tower has been renovated, turned into really nice living spaces for people in downtown Birmingham. In fact, the restaurant voted the best new Birmingham restaurant of 2017 is located in Thomas Jefferson Tower, a place called Roots and Revelry. So when you're in Birmingham, look up and you just might see the Thomas Jefferson Tower, which has a long history approaching 100 years now of being in downtown Birmingham and recently renovated and turned to a trendy place. You can Google it. They've got, if you're looking for a place to live, I think that might be a good option if you're in Beeham in the Magic City. We'll go to a timeout here on the Y'all Show. When we come back, we'll have Precious Harris, the Nashville Music Line. Find out the latest from Music Row, plus later this hour, more SEC Media Days coverage. You're listening to Y'all with John Rawl. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. There's never been a better time to try our Sprint network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title Premium Music Streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan. Best deal ever. 
switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash unlimited, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit and third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. When you don't have a big marketing budget, you have to wait until the opportunity is just right. Well, consider this your opportunity alarm going off. Vistaprint semi-annual sale has arrived with up to 50% off site-wide, including custom postcards, signs, invitations, posters, and more. And with tons of business card options, like square cards, now's the time to get huge savings on them, too. Make the most of this opportunity. Go to vistaprint.com by July 24th and enter the promo code SAVEBIG. I am insensitive I have a tendency to pay more attention to the things that I need Sometimes I drink too much Sometimes I test your trust Sometimes I don't know why you stay with me I'm hard to love, hard to love Oh, I don't make it easy Well, I couldn't do it if I stood where you stood I'm hard to love, hard to love you say that That's former Clemson football player Lee Bryce on the Y'all Show Clemson Tiger turn country music hit maker as we have our Nashville music line. Welcome back to y'all with John Rawl. And from Music City, USA, we go to the phone lines, and we've got Precious Harris for the Nashville music line. Welcome into y'all, Precious. Well, thank you, dear. How are you doing today? We're doing good. How about that Lee Bryce? He had a star-studded event this week. What more can you tell us about what he had on Monday? Well, it was it was at the Analog, and it was for Folds of Honor. Uh you know, Lee is a huge military supporter, mm-hmm. and he had special guests Jake Owen and uh, hit songwriter Dallas Davidson, uh, who wrote his famous, one of his most famous songs is Honky Donk, Bonky Donk, uh, you know. So, but yeah, he always he raised $3,000 for the charity, and um, but that's Lee. You know, he's always doing anything he can for different charities when you ask. Yeah, well, that's a good event. I and, I was very impressive event, and like we said, he. A lot of these guys are, are and gals aren't in Nashville this time of year. They're all over the North America and maybe even in Europe doing concerts. So it's really neat to see something going on. Yeah, they. Uh, what they've done now, what they're trying to do is they try to uh, because there is so many things happening in Music City now because it's growing by leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. Is they're trying to keep. Um, uh, things going like there's a number one party next week for a new kid named Jordan Davis. And, uh, but they're, you know, they try to do it anything uh, industry wise, business, music business wise, Monday and Tuesday, possibly Wednesday's the latest because they're usually on the road Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, every weekend you can just about guarantee that there's somewhere playing either a state fair, a county fair, you know, or some kind of a huge festival. And uh, coming up, because they've got some big ones coming up, you know, here in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, they're traveling. I think the two biggest uh, fairs uh, close by is a Kentucky State Fair, which is usually the last two weeks in August. And then there's a Wilson County Fair that's a county in Tennessee 
and the Wilson County Fair is actually bigger than the Tennessee State Fair. <laughs> and it's, I think it's the 16th of August starts Elvis's death of his uh, anniversary of his death. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of big things coming up in the next month or so. And you mentioned the name Jordan Davis. We do want to congratulate this Shreveport, Louisiana native with his first number one singles you up that was number one on the country airplay chart i i heard that song i didn't know who sang it though so congratulations to jordan he's on mca nashville and his first album home state which is louisiana and by the way if you're wondering went to number six on the chart and could possibly climb higher for him have you met jordan davis yet precious not yet. I'm hoping to meet him at his number one party next week. Okay. So I'm hoping to see him. All right. Well, so, he, uh, he he has a history of writing some music, and you'll love this. His uncle is Stan Paul Davis, who wrote Tracy Lawrence's Today's Lonely Fool and Better Man, Better Off. Yeah, I knew he, I knew he had connections to the writing area, but I hadn't gotten any press releases about mm-hmm. his connection there. But I guarantee you that it's going to be a huge celebration for him carrying the torch to the next generation. And Jordan is an alumnus of LSU. So go Tigers, Jordan Davis. <laughs> All right, Precious, what else is going on in the neighborhood of 16th and 17th Avenue? Well, you know that everything, everybody's touring. It's, yeah. Right now, this the big news for this week is tour, tour, tour. Uh, the first one is Little Big Town and Miranda are co-heading, um, co-headlining the bandwagon tour, and it kicked off a couple of days ago. But uh, the best part of that is at the end of each of the shows mm-hmm. that they come on the stage together to sing a melody of each other's hits. So it's a little bit different than most people going on tour because most people, you see the opening act, they're gone. The middle act, they're gone. And then the headliner, and then they're gone. You never see them come back and come together, hardly ever. Unless it was like the Tim and Faith tour, you know, or something like that, where that they've had hits together. So I think that would be really interesting to see. Uh, and then Kenny Chesney, of course. And I remember when he came to town, he was extremely determined, extremely focused. He basically told everybody, I'm going to do this, period. He was very focused, which is what got him in a lot of doors because they saw determination and they saw work ethic. And I have to say, he's definitely kept it, you know, exactly. What you see is what you get. But uh, he's in the middle of his tour trip around the sun. Uh, He did break his own attendance record in Kansas City at the Arrowhead Stadium there. But um, he's doing good. And, of course, his latest single just topped the Billboard's country airplay chart again, uh, which is his 30th number one. So uh, that's pretty good. I mean, you look at George Strait with 56, 57, I think, and Kenny with 30. So he's uh, catching up to the big boys. Yeah. Very proud of him. And that's for of course, the song. His manager and I, yeah, and his manager, you actually uh, remember interning with me in Atlantic in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, his manager and I uh, were interns together. And then uh, the next uh, artist on, you know, rocking and rolling on the road is Kit Moore. And uh, he's still headlining his own tour called After the Sunburn Tour. Because, you know, he's the surfer kid that moved here for music and made it against all the odds and uh, his current single last shot mm-hmm. is his second from his uh third studio album slow heart and uh i'll tell you one thing though he called me darling at the number one party uh <laughs> and i'm thinking uh-oh, oh my uh-oh, uh-oh uh-oh i'm like oh my god he says darling just like a real southerner and he's not from the south <laughs> 
Do we need to trademark uh, that that phrase, precious? I wish, but you can't. Well, you can trademark it, but it's got to be more than one word. I, you know? I know. I'm just picking on. We were talking with Precious Harris, Nashville Music Line, the real darling, D A R L I N apostrophe. Of, Darling. Yeah, yes. uh, of Nashville and Music City and the whole world, frankly, Precious. You are a, a precious <laughs> a precious angel. All right. I, Did I, somebody I, from London tell you? <laughs> no, 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 no. London calling. Hey, uh, let's give credit. I mentioned You You mentioned the, the group Little Big Town, and, and they're a group that I don't think really gets enough credit because they've been around now for 16 years, 16 years on the country music charts starting – Way back in 2002 with their first single, Don't Waste My Time, their first kind of big hit was 2005's Boondocks. But, man, what a, an impressive run they have had and keep having. Yeah, and it's so funny. I mean, you, you wouldn't think Boondocks is that far off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, I remember, you know, Philip Sweet hanging out in the Longhorn. When oh, I did, that, so that was your old spot. Forever. Yes, my old hangout. That's where... Eddie and Troy signed their deal and the Lord Lynn's daughters and Confederate Railroad, you go in there and somebody it's either Daryl Worley or Trace Atkins or Tracy Lawrence or John Michael Montgomery, Eddie and Troy, Confederate Railroad, there was always somebody that was somebody. It's gone now the Longhorn on Lyle Avenue. You know, a lot of great memories there. I was one of the last people to ever hear a song played in the parking lot and it was um the Little Girl by John Michael Montgomery, ah. he was cutting it. So, um, but a lot of good memories there, wonderful memories still yeah. left there. But uh, one of the artists I used to see there a lot before he had his record deal, who used to sing my demos, is Randy Hauser. And I'm so glad that he's back on the scene. He uh, he had scored four number ones in a CMA song of the year nomination, you know, for Like a Cowboy. But uh, he took a year off from touring to focus on songwriting and He's back with a new single titled What Whiskey Does, and it's going to hit radio. You should hear it on the radio, hopefully at the end of July, July 29th. That's when it drops, but it's already on Spotify and I, you know, iTunes, already the, the digital retail outlets. But I love Randy. He's one of my favorite, favorite people. And uh, matter of fact, in his video, uh, My Boots On, mm-hmm. that little boy playing air guitar is uh, one of my really, really good friends, Dylan Dixon and Paige. It's their little boy. Mm. Uh, Drake Dixon. So it's, uh, I remember when he was born. So it's so funny to see him in that video. And that's, ex- he loves Randy Hauser. He's walked the red carpet with him and, you know, he's like a, l- a little man. Yeah. So, uh, Randy Hauser's number one hits include How Country Feels, Running Out of Midnight, Running Out of Moonlight, rather, and We Went, which was number one in 2015. But it's been a few years since he's been on the charts, but it looks like he's, getting things back with what whiskey does. What does whiskey do, Precious? Well, I can't drink whiskey unless <laughs> I've got bronchitis. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I only drink honey whiskey. Oh, my mother would freak out. She used to give me, you know, a tablespoon of whiskey, a tablespoon when I had a coat, you know, when I was in my 20s and I would get sick. And, uh, yeah, it's the only thing that clears up the congestion. Wow. Makes you makes you glad that you're you know got something there to take care of the the cough and the croup. Now you're from but, uh, you're from Kentucky, so did are you sure she gave you whiskey or did she give you bourbon? It was whiskey, not bourbon. She uh, made bourbon balls. Uh, but she only put like a half a cup of bourbon in the bourbon balls because because her being a, a Baptist minister's daughter, you did not tell your father you use real bourbon in your bourbon balls for Christmas. <laughs> 
You know what they say about those preachers' kids. I know. Believe me, my mother was, yeah, she was a good woman, though. Always writing songs and singing and shouting. She was a gospel song artist. and So I was always had music all over my house. My dad's cousins are the Everly Brothers, so I had rock and roll in the living room. On the other side of the living room, I had a gospel singer, so I had it all. I was very blessed growing up with a plethora of music. Well, Nashville, of uh, course, is not just the home of country music. We have gospel music in Music City. Anything you can tell us about that side of, of the business, the gospel industry? Yes, actually, um, there's, uh, the Southern Gospel Quartet actually is in Louisville. But, yeah, there is, uh, you know, the Rambos lived in Nashville for a while, and some of the bigger, the you know, the gospel groups like the Happy Goodmans, the Southern Gospel, mm -hmm. the Blackwood Brothers, a lot of them were based out of Nashville Okay, um, growing up. Um, but I had a matter of fact, I had a gospel artist in my office yesterday, and she's working on her uh record for uh coming out she's only 22 written 90 percent of her record and so i'm excited i cannot wait to work with her uh once we get everything done I'll, I'll let you know what her name is and give you a little heads up on that good but being from kentucky i gotta tell you about this kid i interviewed okay uh yesterday he's a new kid on average joe's and he's a kentucky boy and of course there's two other kentucky acts on average joe's which is uh john michael montgomery three now i'm sorry and john's son walker montgomery and Eddie, of course, Eddie Montgomery. They're all on Average Joe's. But uh, he's from Bardstown, where uh, the big songwriter that I'll Be True to You is from, James Dean Hicks. But he scored a number one last year with Cold Dead Hands. And now he's back with an album uh, that he's been working on, he said, since January, called uh, It's Been a While. And when I interviewed him yesterday, he said, I look back now, but he said, I want to do it right. I did not want to speed it up because it was my my first big record, and I've worked so hard to get where I'm at. And he said, I just want it done right. So it drops August the 3rd, and the lead-off single is The Barn. Hmm. And uh, it's a great, great song. If you're country, you'll love it. If you're not country, you're going to love it anyway. But uh, Hey, I, li kid. I like the name already. I can't think of too many songs that have the title Barn in them. So that's already a hit, in my opinion. He's uh, probably one of the, the biggest newcomers on the, on the place, Dustin is. So, um, good Kentucky kid. I said, I interviewed him yesterday. It's so funny. He knew all the kids that I had worked with from Kentucky. They'd been playing together on stages. And he played with my little cousin, Allison Houston, who was on uh, Team Blake several years back, I think in 2014, on uh, The Voice. And uh, he shared the stage with her not a couple of months back in Louisville. So, it's pretty good to get to catch up with the Kentucky boy. And first thing I asked him, I said, does your blood run blue? And he goes, of course it does which referring to UK Blue, you know, University of Kentucky, Wildcat Basketball. Yeah, I've heard and of that. Yeah, I do. I do from then on. It was going to be a great interview, which it was. <laughs> All so, right. Uh, Precious, Precious Harris is the name. The book that she's got out is The College of Songology. Learn so much about how Music Row works with her book. Go to collegeofsongology.com or check out her musings about Nashville at Nashville Music Line. Dot com. Precious, thank you very much. We look forward to having you back on the Y'all Show next week. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye. All right, Precious, thank you very much. When we come back on Y'all, we'll get back to the SEC Football Media Days in Atlanta. We've got some coaches lined up and ready to come at you. That's coming up next on Y'all. What do you hear? 
Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2 liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the Brotherhood of Muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Winding down, y'all, on a Wednesday, we're back into the SEC fun with a bevy of coaches now to close out today's show. We're first going to hear from the head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yes, Chad Morris hired to take over the reins of the Hogs. He's a native of Edgewood, Texas, which is in East Texas, kind of between Dallas and Texarkana, roughly is where it's located. He went to Texas A&M, and get this, Chad Morris has a degree in mathematics and a minor in statistics. Graduated Texas A&M in 1992, and he's going to put his computer to work as the head man in Fayetteville as his hogs really need to rebound after a rough season in 2017. Morris takes over a program that was 1-7 in SEC play. Chad Morris was at the mic at SEC Football Media Days. Here's his opening statement. I'm just excited to be here and to be a part of the SEC Media Days. Uh, It means so much to me and my family that we would be put in a a position and put on a, a, uh, a platform to be able to impact lives in the manner that which we do. And, uh, man, when you get to these media days at this point, I, I remember previous stops that uh, once the SEC media days started coming on TV, you know football season was right on you. It was the kickoff of the season. And, uh, man, I'm excited to watch our guys compete. And I know we'll talk about that throughout the course of the day. My family and I are honored to be a part of the University of Arkansas and the great storied tradition of Razorback football from Razorback's past, present, and future. And uh, it is truly an honor to be the head football coach there and, and be a part of the Razorbacks and uh, be surrounded by all the great players and coaches that are a part of these media days. Again, it's an honor that we take and, and excited about. It's been 223 days 
since we started and uh, since we got to Fayetteville, since the plane landed, and a lot of things have happened between then and now. And there's a lot of similarities from some of my previous stops um, as, we, as we build this program moving forward and taking on the, the, the blueprint to turn this program around into a championship caliber team. The alumni and the fans, the entire state has welcomed us with open arms. The passion for the Hogs, for the Razorbacks, for the university, um, I thought I knew. I had no clue until I traveled around our great state and to hear the stories that have been told and, and um, been able to listen to and share with me uh, their, their, their special place in their heart for the Razorbacks. Arkansas football has had a storied past and uh, we're going to work daily with the national championship of 1964. We're going to work daily to build on and restore the traditions for the Razorbacks of the past, the Razorbacks of the present, and the Razorbacks of the future. And we got a long way to go. Make no mistake about it. But I've been extremely impressed with Trumaine Carroll, our head strength coach and his staff, and what they've done in the 223 days that we've been there and transforming our players to where we are at this point in time today. Again, I look forward to watching these guys as we kick this season off in the next few weeks. The three players that we have with us here today are fabulous. They're great players. They're more importantly, they're great men. They're great leaders and great students. And I know you're going to enjoy your time today getting to know each and every one of them. Offensive lineman Yelda Froholt from Denmark is scheduled to graduate in December. A leader in our offensive line, linebacker Dre Greenlaw, a young man from, the, from, uh, from Fayetteville High School and, and from our state. Um, a local, local young man that uh, is also scheduled to graduate in December, one of the leaders in our, in our defensive unit uh, at linebacker, and in defensive back Santos Ramirez, uh, a graduate Santos Ramirez, Ramirez, which I'm extremely proud to, to announce. He'll be wearing the graduate patch, the SEC patch on his jersey this year. Excited about that. So our staff over the last 223 days have been busy recruiting, hitting the ground full speed ahead, developing our culture, and in, in developing these young men into what we want to turn this program around. Uh, and we're looking for guys that want to be their best. That's it. Because best is our standard. And every aspect of our program is geared toward developing these young men and to becoming the best they can be. And that's all I ask. I'm going to ask to give you our, my absolute best today. And that's what we ask of each and every one of our players, to be the best they can be each and every day. And that's how we're going to build this program. I've said it before, but the time is now and the place is here. Fayetteville, Arkansas is a special place. I've had an opportunity to watch several games there uh, as a fan and to, to see the, the, the fan base, to watch the excitement level. And now that we're enclosed in the north end zone complex and getting it completed, I look forward to making that one of the toughest places to play in all of college football. Offensively, Joe Craddock's our offensive coordinator, one of the bright young minds in all of college football. Uh, offensively, we'll be fast-paced, we'll be up-tempo. Uh, we want to be a two-back run-oriented first football team, taking play-action shots down the field. And, uh, but I also know this, that being a high school coach for as long as I have, sometimes you've got to adapt to what you have. And so that'll be the, the, the coaching, that'll be the interesting part as this, as this season unfolds. Defensively, John Chavis. When I went out to, when I got the job, uh, I had one phone call that I made and it was to John Chavis. And uh, reached out to Chief 
And uh, having played against Chief, as a matter of fact, here in Atlanta, um, in a bowl game and knowing the, 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 the difficulty and preparing for his style of defense uh, excited me. I want to be multiple. I want to be aggressive. Um, and uh, I want to put pressure and I want to disrupt the quarterback. And, and those, that was what I was looking for. And Coach Chavis came to mind right off. And, and uh, I, I'm excited about him. As I shared with him, I said, Coach Chavis, I believe I can help you in your career. Um, because uh, as you can, if you can defend me and defend our offense, uh, you can defend a lot of people across the country. And I, I believe that, that he has things of value that help our offense, and we've got things to help our defense uh, grow in, as, as the game of football continues to change. Special teams, uh, Tanner Burns is our special teams analyst, and uh, each and every coach has a special team's responsibilities, but we all know the value of special teams with the rules that are changing now uh, on the kickoff return and kickoff. Uh, it will be interesting to see how the strategy unfolds. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But special teams is nothing more than a mindset. And it's a mindset that these units will win you football games. And the emphasis that are placed on these units each and every day are reserved for only those guys that want to be elite. So we're going to be aggressive and on the cutting edge in, in all aspects of our game. And we have a great group of young men in our locker room that have looked and worked extremely hard uh, and locking arms with a brand new coaching staff and buying into a culture and, uh, and look forward to locking arms with the greatest fan base in college football and calling the Hogs in the greatest state uh, to become one Arkansas. And that's my goal is to become one Arkansas and everybody come together because that's truly what it's going to take is for us to unite and come together and to get this program back to where it needs to be. Arkansas football coach Chad Morris at this week's SEC Football Media Days in Atlanta. Well, Dan Mullen moves from Starkville to Gainesville as he takes over the Florida Gators in 2018. And this coach who worked wonders in Octilba Hall County, Mississippi, he's got a challenge at a school that he was an assistant under Urban Meyer with, and he had people like Tim Tebow and Chris Leak there under his tutelage. Now he's got to build a new brand for UF. And let's hear what Coach Mullen had to say to the press corps at this year's SEC Football Media Days. Here's a sample of that. It's great to be back here at Media Days and uh, see everybody get ready to kick this season off. Uh, you know, I'm excited how our teams uh, bought in since I've been, been there and the, the work that the guys have tried to put in. Uh, has, uh, uh, when you take over a program, that's the biggest thing is our guys trying to buy in and do things the right way, and, and they've worked hard to try to do that. So. But you all have questions. I'll, I'll just let you guys answer, ask the questions. Coach, Yeezy's last year, Jordan's yep. this year. Yeah. You like the shoes that you Yeah, do you like today? these? I do. CZ also said he might be able to rock them better than you. Huh? I don't know about that. <laughs> I, got, I got more swag than CZ does, I, you know, but the, he's trying. One of these days he might have the opportunity to catch up to me. <laughs> uh, what, if anything, beyond the on-field production, was it about your time with Coach Grantham that made you want to bring him with you to Florida? Well, you know, I, he, his, his knowledge of the game is, is really fantastic. You know, when you look at a guy that he – that can coach the defense from front to back and back to front. Uh, and, you know, he, he's not just a front seven guy that gets help with a secondary or secondary guy that needs some help up front. He knows every aspect of the defense, uh, knows how to fix problems, knows how to make sure guys are put in a good position to be successful. Uh, and that's what you want as a coach, is a guy that can look and say, hey, here's what we got. 
Here's what our guys do well. I'm going to put them in a position to be successful. And if we're struggling, this is how we're going to fix it. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of intensity, a lot of energy, and those are things that I like. And, uh, uh, you know, really, I mean, I, I, the best defensive coordinator I've, I've been around. Coach, can you assess how you and your staff will go through the four-game redshirt policy, new rule, and how you think it will impact this game? Uh, well, I think it's a huge benefit for the game. Uh, it's, it's a huge benefit for the game of football, and it's a huge benefit, even more of a benefit for student-athletes. I think that is critical, you know, because uh, now you're not putting people in bad situations, you know. Guys have the opportunity uh, that they can go. If there's an opportunity to get into a game, they can do it. If at the end of the season uh, they've really worked, maybe they're not ready to play early in the year, but at the end of the year they've worked, there's some injuries, there's an opportunity to get on the field, they can go get, excuse me, they can go get that experience. Um, how it will apply, we're going to talk. I, I, I've had a lot of different thoughts about it, um, you know, and, and the different ways that, that we would do it. And, you know, uh, a lot. Still, you can only dress so many guys uh, within SEC rules, so on the sidelines. So, you know, you've got to really pay attention to every little detail, who's dressing, who we expect to play, who gets on the field, and then making sure um, that if a guy is going to red shirt, but we want to give him the opportunity to get on the field at some point, how are we going to do that? Dan, the statistic of quarterback wins, are you in favor of that stat considering that you could start a game and maybe get knocked out in the first quarter, but your team would still go on to win and you'd get credit? Well, I think who wins, wins the game is a huge stat uh, for me, I guess, in that word. But, but quarterback winning percentage is a very, very big statistic for me. Uh, winners win. You know, that's, that's what they do. Uh, you know, I, Dak Prescott, really good quarterback for me. One, one in high school. One in college, one in the NFL. Alex Smith, one in high school, one in college, one in the NFL. Tim Tebow, one in high school, one in college. And, I mean, even in his short career, that was a playoff win. Um, you know, winners win. That's just what they do. And so I think that is a huge stat uh, that I look for in quarterbacks. It's, I mean, there's a lot of them, but, but I think that is one that – Definitely does. I, my, my biggest question for a quarterback is if you – I don't know if I'm recruiting a high school quarterback and he doesn't win at all. What's going to change when he gets to college? What's, what's the next step that's going to allow him to learn how to win there? Um, you know, so that is a pretty big stat for me. Yes, you've got four running backs with Malik Davis now being cleared that have a lot of experience. How do Clement and Pierce – get into the rotation? Well, we'll see. You know, I mean, a lot of it at that position, especially for young guys, that they learn that it's, you know, more than just here's the ball, go run with it. Um, and I think both of them had the opportunity to go through spring, and both of them really learned that. In high school, when they're great players in high school, big deal was here's the ball, go run with it, and nobody can tackle you. Uh, you know, mine is our pass protection, fundamentals, ball security, uh, route running, route catching, Making sure every, every detail of the offense, of knowing that you can do, you're a complete player. So the faster they pick up being a complete player, the faster they're going to get on the field. And, uh, you know, and I think getting through spring gave them the opportunity to learn, learn that part of it. It's not just giving the ball, watch me run. The Gator in Chief, Dan Mullen at SEC Football Media Day. So some of his statements and questions about Florida football as the Gators get ready for a 2018. Finally, on today's Y'all Show, Matt Luke. He is the first-year coach of Ole Miss. However, 
Last year, he was the interim head coach, so it's kind of his second year, even though this is technically, officially his first year at the helm in Oxford. And we're going to go down and hear some of his question and answer period he had with the media at this week's SEC Football Media Days. Uh, no, re really excited to be here. Uh, first SEC Media Day. Um, this, this is an unbelievable venue. And just uh, been involved with this conference as a player and a coach now for 18 years. And just excited to be be part of this conference. And uh, it's, it's it's been a lot of fun to represent your alma mater at such a great event. I know the journey, but I'd love if you would tell everybody else in this room what it was like um, being an Ole Miss man, having your family be an Ole Miss family, being raised and, and rooted in that. And, and having the opportunity be thrust on you and then, not, and then getting the job permanently. Walk us through that, please, to this whole journey, because it's, it's pretty magnificent, if you will. No, it is. I think very few people in life have the opportunity to really live their dream. Uh, from the time I was very young, having my dad's helmet right above the TV, the Ole Miss helmet, and, uh, and, and coming and wearing my brother's jersey in the Grove, watching him be the starting quarterback on the football team, and, and have the opportunity to run out on Vaught-Hemingway uh, Stadium and be a player. And, and then when you become a coach, I think your next dream is to become the head coach and to have the ability for that dream to come true. And all the while, be able to do that. Um, my, my wife is from there in Oxford, and her, her family's been able to see it. And then my mom and dad are right there. So it's, it's, it's been obviously a, a great journey, but to be able to celebrate it with your family. Um, my sister is a lawyer that graduated from Ole Miss, and she's only two hours away. Uh, her, her son is with my son right now at baseball camp <laughs> in Oxford. Uh, and then obviously having my brother on staff. It's, a, it, it's been a very, very special time. Two questions. Uh, first about two kids from Alabama, Kevontae Ruggs and Ja'Cory Hawkins. What did you like from them coming out of high school and what do you like so far? You know what, when I, uh, I was talking to all the coaches at the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game, they kept talking about how physical Kevontae was. And I think he can play a, multi, a multitude of different positions, whether it's outside linebacker, inside linebacker, rush defensive end. He could even play. He's just he's a hybrid guy. He can do a lot of different things. And then Ja'Cory has come in and done really, really well. He's a very athletic guy. We're looking for really good things out of him at corner. And then what sold you on hiring John Sumrall to be the linebacker's coach? You know, that, that, was, a, um, that was an easy decision for me because uh, we, we went way back. We, had, we have a lot of um, connections in, in the coaching circle, and I always had a lot of respect for him. He's been a coordinator, um, tremendous linebacker coach, and uh, he, he did a really, really good job for us uh, this spring. Matt, before last season, were you approached by South Carolina about their offensive line job? Uh, I was. What made you decide to stay at Ole Miss? Well, I, I think just the, um, uh, you know, Kurt Roper was there at the time, was a very, very close friend of mine. We worked together for, you know, 10 years. So we, we had some conversation. But, uh, I, you know, just the ability to it, – it's hard for me because of all the ties. And, and, and Ole Miss, is, it, it's, it's part of who I am. And uh, just, just really thrilled. Obviously, my wife being from there, it, it was a uh, – always be tough to leave. Coach, this uh, being your first SEC Media Days, what's the overall experience been like so far? I know it's I know it's just began, but uh, right. what's it been like? I've enjoyed it. I think that's been the um, the you know when you ask everybody when you're coming to your first one, like, well, you know, give me some advice. I, but but I think the best advice that that I got from the from the time that I was the interim was, hey Matt, go be yourself and enjoy it. And th this is really fun for me, and, and to, to represent your university uh, in the best conference in college football, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And this, this venue, I, I don't have anything to compare it to, but, but very, very impressive. 
Matt, the, the timing was obviously a little different for you, but how would you describe the challenge of being a first-year head coach and that, you know, that, just that entire experience? I, I think the, the biggest thing for me was trying to draw from all the experiences I took from all the other great head coaches I've been around. Um, you know, a little bit from Philip Fulmer, some from David Cutcliffe, and, and, and just, just pulling from the best of everybody that you've been around, some from Tommy Tuberville from when I was a player, and then you put your own flavor with it. And I, and I think uh, even though that was my first year, again, I've been involved with this league for a long, long time and, and been preparing for this job. And then you couple that with the fact that my knowledge of Ole Miss and me being around there, I think it made a good fit in, in preparation. Hey, Coach Andy Lee, WTVA in Tupelo. The, uh, the appeal will be the final chapter of this NCAA saga. How does it feel to come to a media days, enter a season, and just not worry about any of that, just talk football? No, it's good. It's good. I'm really um, very pleased with the culture of this football team. I think finishing last year with a lot of really positive momentum, which springboarded into a top 25 recruiting class and a productive spring. Just, just really focusing on continue to build that culture and, and work on being better. I, I think having continuity, um, offense and defensive coordinators is huge, and really just focusing on football has been a lot of fun. University of Mississippi head football coach Matt Luke at SEC Football Media Days. The Rebels get going Labor Day weekend. They play the Texas Tech Red Raiders at NRG Stadium in Houston in a big SEC Big 12 matched. Also, we, we talked earlier about how Tennessee's playing West Virginia and Charlotte. Well, this is another one of those classic conference versus conference matchups, Ole Miss and Texas Tech in Houston. Well, that puts the wrap on today's Y'all Show with John Rawl. I want to thank you for being with us. Again, you can get the podcast of this show anytime you feel like it. Simply go to iTunes and search for Y'all Show and set it up to be a free download. We love for you to listen to it and share it with all your buddies. On the Thursday Y'all Show, we'll have more of the SEC Media Days coverage. Plus, we'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue stop by with a report on what to grill in the hot month of July. Plus, we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about the Great Texas Mosquito Festival. That's coming to Clute, Texas next weekend, and we'll have a representative of the Great Texas Mosquito Festival come by and tell us about this rather strange and itchy event going on next week in Texas. So all that's on the Thursday, y'all. Have a great rest of your day. I'm John Rawl. Thanks for listening. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. Lightning can spark a fire in seconds. So today, I'll show you how to protect your belongings by covering them in a fireproof blanket fort. All you need is a hammer, nails, and 700 fireproof blankets. Upon completion, you'll notice your apartment isn't just fireproof, it's also extremely cozy. You could try to protect your valuables with a fireproof blanket fort, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Go to geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. 
there's never been a better time to try our Sprint network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love, title premium music streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan. Best deal ever. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash unlimited, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan for Sprint account features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit and $30 activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply.